when people are in a really tender spot in, in their lives, like the smallest thing can mean so much, you know? And, they, and I'm sure you can speak to that too, just every an everyday person, you and me, like when we're going through an extraordinarily difficult time, just, it could be a handwritten card. It could be somebody opening the door for us that can just make us feel like we're seen and we're loved. Welcome to Ritual by Sageborn, where we discuss daily practices for naturally vibrant skin and overall well-being. My guest today is my cousin, Kelly Krenzel. Kelly is the founder of Hope Blooms, a budding nonprofit that recycles flowers to spread hope, happiness, and emotional healing to those facing difficult times. In addition to running Hope Blooms, Kelly works in marketing for a hospice organization, spreading the mission and sharing the stories of those who experience it firsthand. She started Hope Blooms in 2016, inspired by her grandma Frida, who had a bit of a green thumb and lots of compassion for others. Hope Blooms is nearly 100% volunteer run, with volunteers spending more than 3,000 hours and creating more than 20,000 bouquets since 2016. Kelly currently lives in Fargo, North Dakota, with her husband and two children. Here's my conversation with my cousin Kelly. Hi, Kelly! Hi! It's so, so good to see you. So good to see you too. It's been way too long since our family reunion 17 years ago. Yeah. And back in those days where we were um, pen pals. Right. Zoom would be a thing. I know. Right. Here we are. Now we're seeing each other over Zoom. And this is so cool. So, so exciting. <laughs> I'm so happy to do this with you today. And I have to tell you, so my mom called me up one day a few years back and said, have, do you know what cousin Kelly is up to these days? Have you seen this Ted talk that she did? And I said, no, I have no idea. So I went on to YouTube and searched it and found your Ted talk. And first of all, I was so, so, so happy for you. I was so excited to see you up there giving this amazing talk it brought tears to my eyes. I bawled through the whole thing. And Ditto. then, and then also just to what an inspiration, um, with hope blooms and what you've created. I honestly have thought about this so many times since watching that Ted talk, just because to me, it was such a, you know, soul fulfilling thing that you're doing. And I just, was like, how can I be a part of this? And now here we are in 2021. And I'm like the podcast, this is a perfect way to talk about what you've done. And it's so inspiring. So, so inspiring. So from the bottom of my heart, I'm so proud of you and so excited to hear more about what oh. you've been up to. It's well, so that cool. is just, you are just sweetest pie, if I may say. <laughs> and I'm just really, I'm really touched by that. Thank you so much. Um, mm -hmm. It um, has been an interesting journey, but I think one of the funnest parts about it is people kind of coming out of the woodwork, if you will, um, people that I've just, you maybe lost touch with or, um, or just haven't seen in a really long time. It's really just touched their heart. And I think that's yeah. been one of the biggest gifts of all to me. Um, yeah. in this whole journey. So I'm sure I'm, I'm thrilled to see you and I just know. also inspired by your beautiful spirit and oh. hello, that curly hair. Gotta love it. <laughs> I 
right? It just won't, it won't go away. No matter how hard I try to straighten it, how hard I try to like, let the curls go. It just boing. Um, (laughs) there they are. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you got started working in hospice. Cause you work, you know, let's talk about that first and then we'll get more into hope blooms, but how, how did you get on that path? You know, um, I, so I, I'm originally from the Bismarck, North Dakota area, and I moved out to um, Fargo, uh, our biggest city in the state. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, back in, gosh, must have been 2002. Okay. And um, I decided to, I finished my two-year degree in Bismarck and then decided to move out to Fargo to, to finish my studies. And um ended up taking some time off like all, all kids do. Um, and, um, once I got back into it, I decided to go into, uh, marketing and really just thinking about just telling the story, um, Mm -hmm. about just different stories, right. Storytelling. And so, um, out of, out of college, I started working at a magazine and again, just again, that storytelling aspect and, um, working, working with people, um, and, and just, just seeing things through different lenses. Um, uh, and then after that, I started, you're probably going to have to cut a lot of this out. No, no, this is great. (laughs) This is great. Keep going. Keep going. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> so after my journey in a magazine, um, I was a research editor, by the way, which was very interesting. I, um, did not know what I was signing up for. So it was this, it was this, um, company that had five brands of magazines under it. And my job as a research editor would be to, um, locate basically feature stories. And so <laughs> I love this story. So, um, I, one was wedding vow that I worked for. And then the other one was called from house to home. So I was, uh, finding like homes to feature in this magazine and then brides or couples to feature in, you know, wedding vow. And so I remember my first day on the job, I've just gotten out of college and I was like, I've always wanted to work in a magazine. My dreams are coming true. And it was just incredible. Right. Right. And I sat down for my first day of training and I said, how do we do it? You know, I was just like really digging in, just sitting super close to my coworker because, you know, I love human connection. So the closer, the better. Right. She goes, well, you just pull up Google. And it was literally like just Googling things in cities. Like that was my training. And I was like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Right. Right. You're like, where's the human connection? Yeah, exactly. But it was, it was such a fun experience. um, Some of my super close friends, there was four of us gals that were all the same age and we all shared an office and we would laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. But so fun after that journey, unfortunately, um, the magazine just, it was kind of right around that big time in like 2008, 2009, where everything crashed. And so the magazine actually, um, company ended up going under. And after that, I found my way to an engineering firm, which is really interesting. And I worked there for five years in marketing, doing, um, proposals and writing stories and all that kind of stuff. And, um, as much as I, that was a very, I had a very fun team that I worked with. Um, and, uh, it was a challenge though, you know, just working with a completely different demographic, you know, from the respect of it was almost a hundred percent male, a hundred percent, like 
very analytical, which is both of those things are very opposite for me, but I love people so much. And it was such a great learning experience, kind of really out of the gate from college too. And I really enjoyed the work. I learned so much about just how our roads are made and transmission lines and substations and all this really cool stuff. But eventually I came to the realization that I'm such a people person and I wanted to tell stories about people. So although those experiences were really good for me and kind of shaped the journey to where I was at, um, a friend of mine had shared this position, um, you know, uh, at at a hospice and um, Mm -hmm. it was like instantly like, oh gosh, how, first of all, how could I have never thought of that? And second of all, I don't know, it just like ignited my spirit when I just even applied for the position. And I know that probably sounds a little weird no. since it's you know, about death and dying, but I mean, I've become so much more passionate about it and so much less like nervous about that journey. And yeah. I just think it's, it's so important because there's a couple of things in life that we're all going to experience like mm-hmm. universally. Right. And that is death and grief. Like we're yeah. all going to lose something. We're all going to experience loss and we're all going to experience death in our life. And it doesn't have to be scary. It can be beautiful. And so, yeah. And it's, and it's something we don't talk about. It's something that we never really talk about. It's like this big, scary thing, right? Right. Yet it is such a important part of life, but we kind of tend to not want to go there because for many reasons, I'm sure, but that's yeah. interesting that you, that you've had that perspective from working there. Right. That's and, really cool. And I think, um, yes, it is something that's very taboo here, but it's not in other cultures, you know, it's just right. like, it's a family event just as a birth is in other places around the right. world. And so just, you know, you prepare for the birth of your child for months and months and months, you prepare the room and you, right. you know, get all the experts, you figure out what your plan is. But then it's like, why can't death be as beautiful, right? Like where we're talking about it, we're having open and honest conversations about what it is we want to do with the rest of our lives. How do we want to live the Mm -hmm. most meaningful, joyful life, you know, up until the end, you know, why don't we plan for that? I mean, and and it's just, it's hard to talk about things like that. Um, But I've just seen firsthand what a difference that makes when families can do that and what a beautiful journey it is to invite other people along that can kind of help you accomplish those goals. And so why, why wouldn't we plan the same way for our death as we do the beginning of life, you know? Right. Oh my gosh. So now what year is this where you start working at hospice? So I started, so I think this is my year seven. It's my anniversary in January here. (laughs) So I've been there for seven years. Wow. Okay. And then while you're there, you, you had the idea to start hope blooms or tell me exactly about what, was there a specific event or was it a combination of things that guided you to start hope blooms? Definitely. Yep. Thank you for asking. It was, it was a culmination, I think of kind of my entire life, but there were a couple of components that I think were pretty specific. Um, growing up, um, my parents were divorced when I was a year old. And so, um, I had the opportunity to spend when I would be with my dad, which was every other weekend. And for six weeks, every summer, I had the opportunity to spend time with my sweet grandma Frida. And she was just still is my most favorite person 
that just ever existed. Um, mm. The sweetest, most kind, most compassionate woman. Mm. Um, just, I mean, it's somebody you look at them and their eyes just like sparkle mm-hmm. with like kindness, you know? Right. <laughs> so I had the opportunity to spend summers with her and she has just all, she always, like she was just always right in my heart and still is um, just left a mark on my heart, just mm-hmm. her pure kindness and general, the generosity of her spirit. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't matter what happened. She always saw the best and she was always a helper to other people. And she just taught me kind of that servant leadership, really just to, to do yeah. things for the sake of doing things right. and not because there's going to be a big reward on your end, but because you really don't know how a tiny act can affect someone else, especially if they're not able to accomplish that without a lot of um, undue stress. And so really the experience spending summers with her and I used to garden with her. So I've always loved mm. flowers and, and, and because of her, I've always had a special place in my heart for elderly people as well. Yeah. And um, also um, just my experience at hospice as well. Um, and just seeing like when people are in a really tender spot in, in their lives, like, the smallest thing can mean so much, you know? Yes. Yes. And and I'm sure you can speak to that too. Just every, an everyday person, Mm -hmm. you and me, like Mm -hmm. when we're going through an extraordinarily difficult time, just, it could be a handwritten card. It could be somebody opening the door for us that can just make us feel like we're seen and we're loved, Right. you know? And so those two experiences. And then in late 2015, I became a mom for the first time. So, um, as you know, it kind of like cracks your chest open, right. And exposes all of these vulnerabilities you just didn't know you had. And I think like after having Henry, who is my, who's my oldest, who's five Mm -hmm. now, you, I just had this like feeling stirring inside me. Like I have to do something. Like I want to do something tangible to give back to my community to really demonstrate to my, to my children, my son, um, Mm -hmm. that it's so possible to make a big difference by doing small things. And so that was really kind of the culmination of those things were really what inspired me to just actively do something. And then of course, just being around, um, incredible women, right. Who just push you and are like, you can totally do that, you know? Right. And so so then you, you're in Fargo, you're working, you're, you're working full. Are you working full time at this point at the hospice? Okay. And still work full time too. I'm a volunteer at Hope Blooms. Okay. So, okay. Now, so then you're, you have this idea to start Hope Blooms and so, and, and you're a new mom. So are you starting all these, or you're starting Hope Blooms and your new mom at the same time? Or was that like, why wouldn't you? Right. Just, just like, clearly not getting enough sleep after this baby. Right. Right. No one stopped me either. Right. Where are the people that are supposed to watch out for you? Right. So so Henry was seven months old, actually, when I started Hope Looms. And so, you know, I was starting to get out of the fog and, you know, for me, I didn't, I never, ever set out to say, I'm going to, you know, found a nonprofit and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. It was more so like, I just loved this idea. I'm an avid thrifter and repurposer. And I just, I always feel like things have another purpose and, um, like recycling. I always joke around. I'm like, like a 
trash lady driving around with like jars I can reuse and I'm like you know right. newspapers that I can like you know pack the you know pack the uh okays up with and like boxes I've found wherever you know right. so it's like I've always really lo- I've always really loved that repurposing aspect and so um like I said I never really started out to I always say I accidentally founded a nonprofit because I really was just trying to do something nice and it gained a lot of momentum very quickly yeah. you know oh my so, gosh so what was it like starting a nonprofit where did you start yeah so I mean I really just started I I also have to credit my my incredible husband who is up for anything and he was like yeah you should totally do that not knowing at all what we were getting into. Right, right. <laughs> um, and, and who was my very first volunteer? And I like to say he was always, he, he is truly a volunteer. He was never voluntold anything. He right. just has a heart of gold. Um, and then um, I had gone through a women's leadership program too. And um, I met this incredible group of women. There's eight of us and who've just simply sparked my soul. And um, they were really a huge reason too that I moved forward. Um, and one of them, her name is Christy and she owns a a business here, um, called love always floral. And she's just the sweetest, most kind person you'll ever meet. But I had brought the idea to her thinking, you know, I mean, a florist is going to want to do their stuff for free too. Right. (laughs) About this idea. And she was like, that is amazing. Mm -hmm. You can totally do it and I'll help. Oh, that's great you can totally do it and I'll help as well. <laughs> right. You're and the I florist. Already have, <laughs> I already have a job and I'm not a florist. I have no idea, <laughs> you know? Um, and anyway, she really just gave me that a little extra push to say, you know what, do you just want me to start asking my brides? And I was like, okay. So we like, we have, uh, we had a spare bedroom down in the basement that was like an office and we pushed all the furniture to the perimeter. And yeah. my husband set up two saw horses and a piece of plywood and I cleaned out all my canning supplies which I've never canned before a day in my life so I call that divine intervention right I don't know why I had all those supplies they certainly weren't getting used to you know right tomatoes or something so um and you know while my my son would take naps I like started accepting like wedding floral and just Right. Friends about it, and people that were interested just came over, and we would just make bouquets in my basement. And, and I used to handwrite all the tags. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And then, how would you decide who these like initial bouquets would go to? Sure. So obviously, hospice was very close to my heart, so I wanted to be able to get to at mm-hmm. least deliver those to some hospice staff to get them in the homes of patients. Yeah. Um, and I really just thought, okay, who in our community? is maybe a little bit more vulnerable, who's, who's maybe just facing a tender time in their lives. And I just started cold calling to be right. honest. So I started with nursing homes again. I just, yeah. my love for elderly people and assisted living facilities, and then moved on to partnering with meals on wheels. Occasionally, um, it, uh, women's shelters, you know, like our emergency shelter where a woman could have, you know, is escaping violence and who maybe was started there the, or showed up the night before and the next day she can come in and get a beautiful bouquet, you know, and quite honestly, that may be the first time that she's ever received anything like that, you know, right? because you just really, you really don't know what there's, what, what that little tiny thing is that's going (laughs) to give somebody the spark 
of hope to say, maybe not all days were like, have to be like yesterday. Maybe, maybe they can be different, you know? And um, I think when you just really recognize someone for their fundamental value as a human being, there's nothing more powerful in the world than that is just feeling like you matter. And so, um, yeah, so I just, thought about people in our community who could use that. And um, I'm happy to see that we serve about 50 plus organizations, but then we also do random acts of kindness and like doorstep deliveries in the summer. And, you know, we've been able to um, support frontline workers and teachers and daycare providers during the pandemic. Um, In addition to all the other people that we serve, and now we're starting to push out into more rural areas, which just I, my grandma grew up in a little rural town. And so, um, yeah. that is this, you know, holds a special place in my heart as well. So, oh my gosh. So now here you guys are in your basement, you've got this little setup going on. You're starting to make your first deliveries. How was that mm-hmm. making you feel like, what was it doing for you personally? Um, I mean, I think there's the old adage, um, I usually get these wrong by the way, <laughs> how I say them, but, you know, but the old adage, like you get so much more by giving than you do yes. receiving and truly right. like for as tired as I was, you know, being a new mom and working full time and trying to balance, yeah. you know, priorities and things like I was just like lit up, like on yes. fire and just like, I had not felt that before, you know? And, um, and, and for me, I have, a like, I love life fully. Like I love hugging. I love like mm-hmm. being with people and socializing and I have like a pretty big personality, but I also have anxiety that is very real. Like, you know, like yeah. I have anxiety and, you know, growing up, I was like, what, you know, now I realize, okay, I think that was anxiety the whole time, but you know, yeah. I also work. I'm I'm not a risk taker. It's not my personality at all. So it's just yeah. mind blowing that and really truly demonstrates that if you put your mind to anything, you can do it because yes, this is never something that I had set out to do and never, I'm just not a risk taker. And so wow. it's just interesting to see how passion and purpose can mm-hmm. fuel a person in, into taking steps way beyond they believed their capacity because I mean, I work at a nonprofit, but I don't, I mean, I work in the marketing aspect of it. I don't work in finance. I don't work in like, how do I fill out all this state paperwork? Right. (laughs) You know, know, I think, you know, HR and all these things. And so it's really been a great learning experience. Um, and Truly, I believe if I, if I wouldn't, if I would have tried to start this in any other community, I, we live in such a beautiful and generous and kind community that people, you know, like I said before, just come out of the woodworks and say, how can I help? And just raise their hand to, to brighten the days of people that will never meet. And I don't think there's anything more beautiful than that. No, that's so awesome. Oh my gosh. So how has it grown? Since 2016, that's the year you started it, right? Yeah. Yep. How has exactly. how has it grown? Um, so it it kind of was like baptism by fire a little bit. It kind mm-hmm. of just most of what we've done has just been word of mouth. Um, and people have just picked up on the idea or you know, like our local paper calling and say, Hey, we heard you're doing this really awesome thing. Can we interview oh. you? And it's been like things like that, you know. Um, okay. but <clears throat> 
eventually got to the point was like, how many strangers can you invite to your house, <laughs> your house <laughs> to, to assemble bouquets? Right. Sleeping upstairs, you know? And um, thankfully we had the foresight to get a place because now with the pandemic that just, you know, right. Really put a- <laughs> right. And I right. saw on your, um, your Instagram that you just got this new cooler. Yeah. Yeah. So this we is so there. cool. Yeah. So we were able to partner with a local, um, uh, business owner that owns some, some commercial space and we were eventually able to move out. And so we've been in our own shop for three years and they've given us a wonderful discount in order to be able to afford that. And it's just like green space that you, there happened to be a ramp there so we can drive our carts up and, you know, get flowers in and out very easily. And just, kind of slowly chipping away at the things we would need and writing for grants and telling that story wherever I can. And, um, just really demonstrating to people or describing to people the value of the work that we do. Right. And that's really opened up a lot of opportunities. You know, so much of it is relationships and just being able to articulate what, what your mission means and how it can benefit, you know, how it's benefiting our community in a really tangible way. And so we've been lucky to receive several grants and just had great community support that's allowed us to get the things that we need. And we've been just growing. Um, We, I can't remember, I think the first year, so we started in like June or July, and then we delivered, I think like, I can't even remember the first year, like maybe 600 bouquets or something like that. Gosh, that's amazing. Amazing. And now this year we delivered almost 8,000 bouquets. Wow. Oh my gosh. For two months with the pandemic. So that is amazing. um, We just just surpassed 20,000 bouquets. So just think about how many people are feel just like, it just feel that, that, that love and that, that gentle nudge that, you know, mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. today's going to be okay. You know? Mm-hmm. So that is amazing. <laughs> I'm just so proud of you. This is just, it's just beyond, I can't even believe it. It's so amazing. And just so oh. inspiring uh, is your, would you say your goal is to eventually be able to focus on this full time or how are you, how are you juggling all of this? Yeah. So, you know, I definitely, I don't know what the future holds for me. Mm-hmm. I will always be involved in Hope Blooms. I currently am just like obsessed with hospice too. So, you know, mm-hmm. trying to balance priorities, as you know, as mm-hmm. a mom, as a business owner is it's difficult. And I don't claim to know, I mean, it's not something I'm great at. Um, I also think like balance is kind of a myth. It's making hard choices, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, I kind of, what needs my most attention now, you know, and thankfully for, for Hope Blooms, um, uh, I was able to hire an extraordinary operations assistant who helps run that day-to-day stuff for me. Good. So we were able to, you know, write for some, for, for a grant to really get her onboarded and started. Um, and right. so that has been significant for us. And, you know, we've, like I said, have been growing organically, Um, you know, my hope is one day, you know, certainly that I could spend a little more time, you know, you know, daytime hours with Hope Blooms, but, 
you know, I just, I'm not really sure yet what that journey is. Like I said, I'm, I'm very happy where I'm at as well. So, yeah. um, but my hope is that hopefully we'll be, we'll keep growing. I mean, cause that means more people, um, you know, feel hope and right. feel like we're taken care of, you know, emotionally and mm-hmm. feel more joy. And I believe those things are fundamental to, to every person's well-being. And so, yes. yeah. That is so awesome. I love it. I, I just, it's just amazing to me. It's just one of those things. that's just so, I said it in the beginning, it's very fulfilling for the soul. And I don't think a lot of people can say my job is very fulfilling for my soul or, you know, for me, when I first saw your, your talk, your Ted talk, it really made me think about, gosh, you know, Am what I do, it, you know, am I really doing what I need to be doing? What is my purpose here? You know, what, what is, what should I be doing? What should I be focusing on? And it definitely made me think about it. I was like, gosh, can hope blooms like bloom into other communities? Because this is just an amazing, I feel like every community needs a hope blooms in so many ways. And and, you know, this, this simple art of spreading joy really is, is so touching. I mean, you know, we all feel so good when we do something great for someone else. And I think it can only make the world a better place by those small, you know, those small little gestures, especially when, you know, the, the, you know, the U S feels so divided right now and just there does sometimes feel like a lot of darkness and there's a lot of things that are happening in the world. and it's been, you know, 2020 was a, you know, a hard year for so many and, um, and especially people that are going through, um, a hard time in their lives or, you know, being able to provide them with something. And we all know what flowers, I mean, can do to, to one's soul. So it's, it's just, it's just amazing and extremely, you know, inspiring. And so thank you for doing what you're doing. It's just really like I said, inspiring. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I just so appreciate that. And I mean, I just, I, there's our, our organization is almost hundred percent volunteer, you know, led, um, outside of one part-time employee. And we've had a part-time intern for, um, six months. Other than that, wow. it's been all entirely volunteer led. So, I mean, I just feel like there's so much more good in people than, um, anything else. And I think, um, I mean, there's just proof in that, you know, um, in this work, um, and and countless organizations that depend on volunteers. And, um, I just think it's a good reminder for everyone. And then additionally, like you said, just being around flowers. So obviously flowers are beautiful. There's actually you know, studies that have been done, you know, um, when flowers are in a patient's room, like their blood pressure goes down, their anxiety goes down. I believe there's so much, um, there's so many physical and, um, mental well-being aspects of being around flowers, not only for the receiver, but also for the giver. But for us, we're using that tiny, that small bouquet as a mechanism to connect with people, you know? And so it's so much more than a bouquet of flowers, to us, you know, we believe it's just that it's that one-to-one, you know, person connection. I mean, our bouquets say, because you matter or because you matter today, tomorrow, 
and always, mm-hmm. you know, and so, and, and we've always been really adamant about that, that our, we don't want them used for table decorations in the center of a big table where everyone can enjoy them. We want them to be person to person. Mm-hmm. And um, before the pandemic, a lot of our bouquets are delivered by volunteers too. So going into a facility and not simply dropping them off at the at the front entrance, but 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 quite literally going door to door in a facility, knocking on someone's door and saying these are for you, facilitating that open conversation and you know kindness is uncomfortable sometimes too but it's like once you like go over that hump like how beautiful is that you know right um and and I think that's where the real magic lies is in those deliveries and um we have countless stories that you just would never be able to dream up that we always say that our flowers end up like they find their owner you know, from just the, the stories that we've heard, um, you just couldn't, you couldn't make up like that person was supposed to get that bouquet. And there's just no doubt about it. Mm. Tell, so me, I have a, tell me a couple stories. Yeah, can I tell you a couple yes, stories? Please oh, do. I love stories. So, yeah. So, um, this, uh, one, I was working with, um, with a group, uh, a, it was a team building event, um, that we had and it was some teachers and they were all putting together, Bouquets as we do. And so when people come into their shop, I always say, you know, I'm not a florist and, um, but I, I, I know what it feels to be recognized for my value as, as a human. And so that's what we're doing here today. So, you know, I let people really use their creativity and really pick from a wide variety of flowers. Well, that day we happened to have yellow roses. They were in fact, the only yellow flower we had, and they happened to be roses. And someone chose to make an all yellow rose bouquet and it was just a wide variety of flowers and so it it, the the kind of like irony that they would only select hand select this one bouquet that just had yellow roses in it was was kind of interesting or probably we wouldn't even have thought about it until they went to hand deliver and they went to an assisted living facility and they delivered this bouquet to a gentleman and um you know people just think flowers women and Mm -hmm. we've been able to deliver so many bouquets to men and quite, quite often, it's the first bouquet of flowers they've ever received. Right. So that's kind of fun. And this particular man had never received flowers before. And wow. he was just brought to tears because he had bought flowers, yellow roses for his wife every week that they were married. And they were married for like 50 some years. And she had since oh. passed. Oh. So, I mean just goosebumps. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. You know, how did that happen? You know, (laughs) the only bouquet with yellow roses, right. It was bestowed upon him. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so touching. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. And, um, so our flowers come from, so they're almost all repurposed. We don't purchase any, um, for the most, I mean, we purchase some, but it's very little in, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. It's like if we're having a special event or something like that. Right. Um, so they come from weddings, they come from funerals, they come mm-hmm. from working with um, wholesalers where the flowers are towards the end of their life cycle, but there's mm-hmm. plenty of life left in them, but not appropriate right. to sell the florists. Um, we also work with local grocers. We've had people calling us up and saying, Hey, my hydrangeas are huge this year. Here's my address. Come to my yard and clip what you want. 
you know, so sometimes people give us or call us at the end of the summer and say, I've enjoyed my flowers all summer long. Take what you want, you know, so we'll be able to ascend on somebody's yard and have fresh cut flowers, which is so fun too. So, um, and this particular, this was, I was still in my home at this time, but, um, uh, we had a donation of, uh, funeral flowers and it was, um, this gentleman was probably in his sixties and he died quite suddenly. And his family was very much in shock. He was in the the center of his family and the family contacted me and wanted to be a part of it. And mm-hmm. so that's a really neat thing too, when we're able to invite people into our space right? and they're able to have this beautiful cathartic experience and they're able to, you know, come as a family and just say, dad would have loved this and, and laugh and, and cry and just really mm-hmm. heal over that process of doing something beautiful, like sharing that love forward. Um, And so they came, they came and it was um, two daughters, the mom, you know, two grown daughters, the mom and a, and a niece. Um, And so his wife and then a niece and they, you know, we created, we were, it was a massive donation. I don't know. We created like 180 bouquets or something like that. And they were all lined around my basement. Like we have the half walls with the shelves or whatever, you know, my mom yeah. was here directing traffic right. on the holiday. And I'm just like, mom, please stay upstairs and run a business in my basement where I'm inviting people I don't know. Right. Please stay upstairs. <laughs> like oh a wild, wild west right, right. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, so we made all these bouquets and it was the night before Thanksgiving. And so I had arranged for them to go make a delivery on Thanksgiving. They wanted to do that. They thought it would be really neat as a family for as you know devastated as they were. So the very first woman, they knocked on her door at this um, assisted living facility and she opened the door. Her name was Joanne and she was simply brought to tears because it was the first holiday that she was having without her husband of many years. And so oh. in that moment to have Joanne received this bouquet from this family mm-hmm. who had just lost the center of their world mm. and for them to meet and collide in such a beautiful way oh. and to know, okay, I think we're going to be okay. You know, yeah. they cried and they hugged and it was just this beautiful experience that neither party would ever, would ever forget. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, Joanne actually called me um, a couple days later and, um, we have on the back of our tags, you know, we're happy to pick up the jars and recycle them and keep spreading love, you know? And, um, she called me and she was like, I am going to go around the facility and I'm going to get all your jars back from it. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> so she was on a mission to get us our jars back, but oh. you know, it's things like that, that you simply, there are no words really. Wow. So. And so you have, everybody is a volunteer. And then you also have a board of directors that kind of guides you on things and helps kind of organize things as well. Yep, absolutely. And you know, that's when we started to think about, okay, people want to right away when I was like, okay, maybe this is more than like a project, you know, Mm -hmm. um, people wanted to like donate to us and Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't accept your money. Also (laughs) really nice because Right. You, know, you know, to have a little extra support, you know? Um, and so, you know, once I got to that stage where I was like, okay, I think this is something serious that I never even thought of. I never had the idea of a nonprofit in my head when I thought I was going to just do this for the community. And so I 
assembled a board of directors. I started, you know, I started out with a lot of people that I know just because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's who you know. Right. And I tried to, to pick out areas of expertise, like someone that had a financial background, right. a lawyer, you know, things mm-hmm. like that to really like build a team because I very much have a working board. And, you know, as people that raise their hand with the full understanding, like, we don't, I mean, we're going to have to figure out all this from scratch, you know, and so connecting with other experts in the community and stuff like that. And so I've just been so fortunate to have so many wonderful community members serving on my board to be able to guide us into this path, you know, and slowly transition from that, like everybody divvying up projects at every meeting to, you know, more um, in the advisory role. I mean, there's still like, you know, helping out with volunteer events here and there and helping mm-hmm. with fundraising and raising the a mission and things like that. But it was an all hands on deck thing when we, when we initially started. So, and now, like wow. I said, we've just been so blessed to have people that are, are passionate about our work and that are just wonderful human beings at, at their, at their core. And then happen to possess these really amazing talents. So that's amazing. And it's out of your basement and now you have your own space and you have your own cooler (laughs) (laughs) and you're not taking up like fridge space to hold all these flowers. It's probably, (laughs) it's probably, that's so amazing. Well, and right away, you know, so um, now we have like, we partner with um, two local grocers and we're able to um, uh, Hornbachers and Cashwise are their names. And we go around every week and pick up from every single one of their locations. So wow. now this is the first time in our history we've ever been able to like put out a volunteer calendar that can is like expected. So everything ah. else, it would be like someone would call me or they'd mm-hmm. email us and say, I have flowers on this day, or I have flowers right now. Where can I drop them off? You know? And so it was very reactive and like, we would quite literally have to drop everything to process the flowers immediately because they'd already been like right out of a cooler and been like sitting at an event and things like that. And so right. that has really helped out with um, just what we're able to accomplish as far as the reach of our mission. We're able to use the floral up in a better, more efficient, more effective way, save right. it for longer, um, uh, you know, invite more people into our shop, have a larger impact in our community. And then have some, some balance to, you know, where we don't feel like we're reacting to everything and where we can plan ahead and stuff. So, right. and then gives a better volunteer experience because so many people wanted to be involved, you know, initially, and it was hard to balance that. Like, cause you want mm-hmm. people to have a meaningful experience, but you're like, I don't have flowers today. Like we don't have right. regular shop hours at that right. time, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, do you have regular we- hours now at, at the shop? Yeah. We have like more predictable hours. Yeah. Okay. We're only in the shop really when there's an event going on Okay, um, or when yeah. we're like, you know, cleaning jars and things like that. But yeah, definitely more like you can look out on our social media and we've mm-hmm. got, you know, the top pinned posts has all of our open volunteer opportunities and we're able to like plan ahead. Like the second Tuesday of every month we'll, we'll have an event, you know? Wow. And like that. So and now so- we have events in the shop every single day and they happen during the day. Um, they happen in the evening, they happen on the weekends and we have different lead volunteers and I facilitate some of those events. And my, my, um, operations assistant, Robin does, does some as well. Um, she, you know, takes care of a lot of the stuff that happens during the daytime hours. So, right. And so that initial florist that was helping you in the beginning, is she still involved today with helping you? 
so she was in, she was on my initial board of directors. Okay. Fun experience. Um, yeah. and you know, she is still sending brides our way and asking Great. people about, um, you know, uh, what, if they, you know, raising awareness and then asking people if, you know, that's something that they would like to consider. Um, I think it's really special when couples donate flowers too, because I think like, how cool is it? You just got married and that's your first, that can be your first charitable act. So initially you were calling places and, you know, trying to see like assisted living and nursing homes and things like that. Are you now finding that the community is contacting you and saying, Hey, this lady, I think would definitely benefit from a bouquet or how are you finding people now to deliver to? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we have like our main list of places that we serve and a lot of the facilities, and I don't know, you know, how they are, you know, back where you're from, but you know, here, I mean, like quite a few people live and it could be like a couple hundred people living in one facility. And so we try to make sure that we're like hitting some of the same facilities multiple times and assuring them eventually all your residents will get a bouquet. You know, your residents best who could use it the most this week, you know, sort of thing. So we are hoping to build up a frequency with those places that we serve, but we're always open to new suggestions from the community. And like I said, we're really trying to push out and try to find those like um, volunteers going back and forth from um, Fargo to like some of those smaller, more rural bedroom communities. That's a kind of a common thing around here to get, right. you know, how can we facilitate more kind of mm-hmm. rural deliveries and pushing the boundaries that way? Um, we don't take a lot of one-off requests because we don't have a, we don't have the mechanism right now to do deliveries like that, but, you know, it'd be super cool if we could do that one day, but yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. As it grows, as it continues to grow, maybe that's something that could be really cool. Exactly. But we always are looking for new things. Like right now, you know, it's even like, can we dropping them off at like counseling places for people and stuff like that? You know, things that you just trying to just think outside the box, like where are the people in our community or where, what kind of services are they using that, um, where they just need a little extra support. And can we partner with that organization to say it, we usually see 10 people in and out of the office, you know, of course now is a little bit different, but right. in and out of the office. And then we can say, cause sometimes if we have a funeral donation, it doesn't yield as many bouquets as like a wedding donation. Right. And so right. we like to have small, medium, large type places to drop stuff off at. So if we only have six bouquets, well, I know that the local maternity home has, you know, six, six mothers in it, you right. know, right. you know, kind of trying to, um, decide where we deliver. Like when's the last time, you know, we keep all, we track all that. We track all of our deliveries. We track who had it last and you know, all of that to make sure that we're cycling through things in a, in a fair way. And then, um, also we take requests and stuff like that too. So, wow. And so how often are you guys making deliveries weekly, daily? Um, Yeah. It's several times, it's several times a week. We have somebody in the shop almost every single day. So, and that it just, if you would have told me that would have been a reality, I would have not believed you. So, (laughs) wow. That is amazing. It's so cool. And it's so cool. I mean, we have mothers and daughters like 15 and you know, her mom and we have mothers and daughters like 50 and her mom, who's 80 you know, that come in and volunteer. Like we've had couples coming in and volunteering. We've had like 
huge teams where it's 90% men come in and volunteer. I mean, just, I mean, it's just been such a beautiful experience to see people come and use their creativity and be like, so joyful in the space because it's just such a good feeling to do something for someone else, but like just being around fresh flowers and, you know, so it's just, it's been so inspiring to see all the people that want to be involved and how they've learned about it. And like, I've been watching this for this long and I haven't been able to do it until now, you know, and just, it's been really, really neat. That's so so cool. You know, yeah, such a beautiful community. Right. And so here you are, you know, started in your basement, you know, like many people started a business in their basement or in their spare room of their house or wherever it is. Then it moves to their garage, then it moves to their in-laws, you know, garage, and then, then to your own space. I mean, did you ever think that it would grow like this? I, you know, I just, no, I did not Mm -hmm. because I just, I honestly thought I was just doing something that would be soul filling for me. And I always loved flowers and they just remind me so much of my grandma, you know, and mm-hmm. I just thought it would just be a fun thing. And it right. just, it was like this force that you couldn't, you couldn't, um, you couldn't slow down, you know? And it's just been, like I said, like, just by simply being involved in this, like it has helped me so much, just mm-hmm. it's helped my spirit. It's helped me just grow so much as a person too. And facing a lot of things you would never think you have to face. And, right. um, I just think it shows, it just, it stretches your love. Right. And it mm-hmm. shows you, it pushes you to the bounds of who you are and what you think you're capable of. And for someone who has struggled with anxiety and for someone who, who doesn't like to take risks, I think that's just good for you, even if it's uncomfortable the entire time. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, setting such a great example for your kids showing them, you know, basically leading by example, showing them about, you know, compassion and kindness and spreading joy and love and, you know, what could be better? I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. It's amazing. Been out on deliveries with me, you know, and, um, sometimes because, you know, it's just really fun to have that experience and other times out of necessity, because I'm like, there's no one to take care of you. Right. Right. Go do something nice for someone else. Right. Oh, that's so sweet. So cool. Cause like as you know, Henry's grown up with this since he was just little, you know, and to have a little toddler say, you know, you know, mommy, we give these, we give this to people so they feel happy. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, I've taken them out in way in a wagon and beat the streets with them, you know, like we're going door to door, buddy, get in the wagon. We're going to go door to door, you know. Um, and so that's been really cool. Like this year, you know, obviously again with the pandemic, but you know, um, we were able to go deliver flowers on um on Christmas Eve as a family. And so, you know, when all masked up, of course, I left the kids in the car, you know, the less people, the better, but you know, I was like, Hey, we're not opening presents right away. That's not gonna be the first thing we're doing. We're going to get in the car and we're going to go make people feel happy, you know? And so we went and delivered them to, um, healthcare workers and daycare providers. And, you know, those people that just maybe don't get thought of as much or have to work. Right. right on the holidays, right. you know, right on the holiday. Like so, oh, that's um, so special. Oh my gosh. I have a dream of going to all the gas stations and the Walmarts and the Targets. Yeah. I was like, logistically, that's not going to work this year, but we're going to get there. <laughs> right. You'll get there. Yes. Get there. Oh my yeah. gosh. So, 
tell me a little bit about the Ted talk you did. So, because it was amazing, but tell me, you know, cause I know that that probably took a lot of courage to, you know, get up there and speak in front of what 2000 people or how many people were there about 2000. Yeah. Like it was between two and 3000. And were you um, nervous or were you, of did course. you- oh my God, I cried <laughs> so much, I cried so much. Um, but so it's a really interesting, it was a very interesting experience. And, um, I, first of all, was just like, you can't mean me, you know, like oh. I, I don't, you know, we all have those doubts. Like I don't have anything special to offer. And it was actually a very interesting time in my life because I had said yes. And then I went through, I mean, it was just a very interesting dichotomy because my grandma actually ended up dying three weeks before I gave the TED talk. Oh my my talk is about joy. And here's the most important person in my life who I'd lost, you know? And so, um, it was so awesome because I, I, I got to, my grandma got to see hope blooms in action. I got to like drive to Bismarck with a bouquet and and deliver that for, you know, to her. And she was so happy and so proud of me. And Mm -hmm. that made all of the sacrifices worth it, you know, beyond, you know, spreading that hope and joy in our community. But it was a really interesting time in my life. So not only was it extremely nerve wracking, I also had just, I was in it in, in shock and in grief, but then Mm -hmm. I needed to get up and talk about joy. Um, Oh man. And talk about your grandma because she's part of the story. (laughs) Yes. Without bawling my eyes out. That was the only time that I didn't, that I didn't um, like completely lose it. But, you know, I think, I think in, and this is always something that I've learned to like, grief is such a process. It's such a journey. There's, you can't go over it. You can't go under it. Right. You got to go through it. Yes. And, um, it, you can have moments of joy still. Mm-hmm. even if you feel eternally sad, you know? And so I think it was a good lesson for me too. It was just to like lay it bare out there and just celebrate her. And also know that again, it was almost like having that same anecdote that I try to give mm-hmm. to other people, right. That mm-hmm. maybe not, not every day is going to be like today, you mm-hmm. know, or like I felt yesterday, maybe today there can be some joy. And so um, it was, you know, nerve wracking, but such a good experience. And I met so many cool people. And again, back to the community that I live in, it was the seriously, like everybody, I've never been in an environment where everyone is cheering for you. Like everybody just wants you to do your best and you can feel it in the room Mm -hmm. with that many people just wanting to cheer you on, you know? And so I just give so much credit to our community and to the organizers of the event to be able to pull that off in a large space. Right. Um, but it felt, it felt safe, you know, but it also felt like very scary. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, and you know, <laughs> you, you talked about vul- vulnerability in your, in your Ted talk and you were up there in such a vulnerable state. I mean, amazing. I mean, yeah. just, it was just amazing. And, um, That's on top of the world after I finished it, right. and, then I, and then I cried again, <laughs> right. right. That whole process. Like I can't do this and, you know, right. probably should have prepared way ahead of time. And then I got involved and, you know, my grandma amazing. on hospice. And so I was there for, I went to see her and took time off of work and spent time with her, you know, while she was dying, actively dying. And, um, 
you know, just to experience that then from a family member's perspective too was right. It was so much at that time. And so I look back at that and I'm just like, she left me with so many more gifts. And I think the world needs to hear that, you know, to hear about her. So I obviously still get choked up when I talk about her. Yeah, no, I, I know. I know. I I got, oh, you have a little tattoo. tattoo. That's so cool. That's her actual signature. Is it really? Yeah, oh, so, I know yeah. you were very close with her and, um, yeah. so amazing. Yeah. So amazing. Um, well, Kelly, this has been very inspiring and I truly, truly am so proud of you for spreading love and joy and kindness and compassion to so many people that need it. And, you know, you're touching lives. It's very, very inspiring. And I feel, you know, so much love for you and thank you for doing what you do. It's amazing. Oh, well, likewise. Um, thank you so much. Um, it's, it's, um, definitely inspiring and encouraging to hear that, you know, your message is getting through, but ultimately just to connect with other people who are also very kind and compassionate and giving Mm -hmm. and, and, and feel like, those small things add up. So thank you for what you do. And thank you for giving a voice to, you know, to that. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we shall, you know, maybe talk again about more giving and compassion. We'll just keep, keep the love, right? I hope so. I like to see my hobbies are hugging. I know. Period. Hugging. So virtual hugs. I know virtual (laughs) hugs. Okay, Kelly, I love you. Thanks so much for listening to Ritual by Sageborn. For daily inspiration, check out our ritual dice at sageborn.com and follow us at Sageborn Skincare. Thanks again. Until next time.